Welcome to the Sustainability Agenda podcast. My name is Fregel Byrne. Every week I speak to leading figures from the world of sustainability and explore the sustainability agenda in marketing and strategy, technology, innovation, investment and finance. We look at the latest thinking, what's working and the future and evolution of the sustainability agenda. I'm very pleased today to introduce Linnell Cameron to the Sustainability Agenda podcast. Linnell is President and CEO of the Autodesk Foundation and Senior Director of Sustainability at Autodesk. Both initiatives aimed to invest in and support people who are designing solutions to solve today's most epic challenges. Under Cameron's leadership, Autodesk created the Sustainability Workshop, an online learning platform teaching sustainable design. She's also led the company in setting ambitious science-based greenhouse gas reduction targets, committing to 100% renewable energy and integrated reporting. So thank you very much, Linnell, for taking the time to speak to the Sustainability Agenda podcast today. Uh, Happy to be here. Thank you. So can you tell me a little bit about your role at Autodesk and tell me a little bit about the focus of sustainability at the company? Absolutely. I lead our sustainability and foundation activities at Autodesk, and the mission is really the same, uh, which is to help people and our customers imagine, design, and create a better world. And we do that through working closely with our large corporate accounts, small and medium-sized businesses, as well as nonprofits and entrepreneurs that we support through our Autodesk Foundation. Right, great. And, and can you tell me of the scope of Autodesk's activities itself? Autodesk is one of the leading providers of 2D and 3D design technology. We help small through to large customers design and create quite literally anything on the planet, from consumer products to buildings to entire cities and even film and TV and games. And so Through using our technology, customers are able to understand and optimize the design of whatever it is that they're making and gain insights early in the design process. Right. right. And how big a company are you? How many people do you have and locations? A few statistics, just the lay of the land. We have about eight or 9,000 employees worldwide. And two-thirds of our business is actually outside the U.S. So we are very much a, a global company. Great. Great. And where does sustainability fit in to Autodesk? When did this journey begin? And can you tell me a little bit about the background to your sustainability activities? Absolutely. You know, the corporate vision for the company is to help people imagine, design, and create a better world. So this concept of actually helping people make a better world has been core to the business for a very long time. I joined the company almost 10 years ago. And, you know, the thinking was we design the software that's used to make everything. We have an incredible opportunity to embed the principles of sustainability and ecological intelligence into the software so that it's easy for people to make better decisions about everything that they're making. And so we've really been at this for the last 10 years. We started with our own operations and looking at our footprint and have since expanded to really be focused on the products that we sell that enable 
customers, and this is millions of customers, to design a better future. Right. And, and you also run the foundation. C- can you talk about the foundation? What, what, what is the idea behind having a foundation? I know companies take different ways to engage in sustainability directly through the sustainability activities in the business and so the corporate philanthropy through CSR. Why did you set up a foundation and what does that distinctly allow you to do? We set up the foundation a little more than three years ago. Uh, that said, the idea of you know our own corporate responsibility and giving back to communities has been part of the company for decades, quite literally. You know, we had programs in the past focused on community relations, building our reputation and supporting communities around the world where we work. But three years ago we realized there was a big opportunity to align our philanthropy with our core business and expertise in design and engineering. And so we set up the foundation very specifically to invest in people, organizations, entrepreneurs who are using design to create positive impact. So we were probably the first foundation to focus on design and working across a number of different issues, but all connected to the impact of design. Now, recently, in the last year or so, we have further focused the foundation to be investing in people and organizations who are thinking about and solving the challenge of climate change. So both in terms of mitigation, reducing the potential impact of climate change in the future, as well as adaptation, which is about helping communities adapt to the changing climate that is already happening. So we are, you know, the foundation is is very squarely focused on design and climate change and working with entrepreneurs and innovators quite literally around the world who are doing pretty amazing work in this space. Great, great. And absolutely right. There's so much happening, so many social entrepreneurs in so many ways, social innovators. It's a very exciting time. Can you just clarify a little, what does the foundation allow you to do working directly with the company might not? It's a good partnership between the two. Our foundation is a separate 501c3 with our executives on the board of it, but it's structured as a separate 501c3. The company donates software to all of these entrepreneurs and innovators. We make our software free to any entrepreneur, any nonprofit, and any student anywhere in the world who is creating impact through the technology. So that's important piece. And that is through Autodesk Inc. But the foundation is a financial investment arm that enables us to make grants or investments in these organizations separately. So that's that's how they play together. Yes, absolutely. And can you give me a sense of the scale of the activity of the foundation? Yeah, we have a portfolio of about 40 organizations that we are currently supporting through the foundation. And we invest several million dollars each year in these companies. I should also add, Fergal, that we... Another component of the foundation is engaging our own employees in creating impact. And so in addition to investing in a portfolio of companies that we are carefully selecting, we also have programs 
where we give every employee the opportunity to receive matching funds for the organizations that are most important to them. So we will match up to $3,000 for any employee who contributes time or dollars to nonprofits. And the reason is we want our employees to have impact in the areas that are most important to them and to really understand and join us in looking for opportunities where Autodesk can truly create a better world across the board. Great, great. And where would you say you are on the journey of sustainability? You said it's 10 years, certainly, that you've been focused on some of these questions. I guess companies go through different stages and in terms of dissemination, engagement of employees, in terms of the way it's embedded in the company. Can you talk a little bit about the, the sustainability journey? Yeah. So in terms of Autodesk and our footprint and the extent to which we as a company is leading on climate, I would say we're far along in the journey. So Back in 2009, we set a science-based greenhouse gas emission reduction target, which was way ahead of most companies to be thinking about science-based targets. Of course, today there's lots of movement and many more companies are setting those targets. But we've also taken it since then to power our own operations with 100% renewable energy, we have set an internal price on carbon. In fact, we even report on climate change in our 10K materials to investors, which really indicates that this is a material issue for Autodesk relevant to our investors. And that's, that's quite far along the journey, I think, in terms of really understanding the climate risk and the climate opportunity for us as a company. And I think that's why we've been recognized and receive a lot of strong ratings and recognition from investors and analysts and, and different organizations, which is great. In terms of our customer base, you know, I actually expected we'd be further along this journey, but the reality is it's quite complicated for our customers and to really think about how do we optimize the design and making of everything that gets made. And I would say in the last couple years, the technology has advanced significantly. When you think about generative design, virtual reality, augmented reality, even the internet of things, which is enabling us and our customers to get much better insights into the complexity of everything that is designed, right? It's not just about optimizing the energy within a building, but it's about understanding the impact of material choices on the energy footprint or the construction process or the amount of waste, either in terms of materials at the construction site or wasted energy of the building. And today, the technology has gotten so much better that we're able to help our customers, but we still have plenty of work ahead of us to really influence how we are designing cities and cars and everything going forward. So really exciting journey ahead in that regard. 
Yes, seems you've got a very, very broad client base, so probably quite hard to generalize. What One thing that's probably true is that you're tapping into the creative industry, part of the creative industry, tapping into younger technology-related, more dynamic, maybe more millennial-type audiences and so forth. And presumably they are a big, big drivers of this as well. Yeah, l- let me speak to both of those. So we do have an incredibly broad client base serving multiple industries, which is unique, I think, to Autodesk. But the really interesting part of that is the convergence of industries that we're seeing, right? So we are seeing buildings being fabricated and a digital construction site. And we are, all of our manufacturing companies are thinking about their building portfolio. And so more and more, the architecture engineering construction industry is merging with the manufacturing industry and we are in a unique situation to really look at that intersection point and and serve it so that's pretty exciting and then your second point about the younger generation and millennials is absolutely true and probably seven or eight years ago a really big trend among students and the next generation who are thinking about sustainable design and climate change and all of these issues, and they want to design a better, more sustainable product or building, but they didn't have access to learning materials in the classroom to teach them how to do that, right? There was a bit of a generation gap in terms of the professors and and where the students are at. And so we invested significantly in something called the Autodesk Sustainability Workshop, which is an online learning platform catering initially to this younger generation, teaching them both the principles of sustainable design, everything from full life cycle design to end of life issues to energy efficiency and light weighting. And what we've seen, and that, that got picked up you know, and used by millions of students around the world and, and translated into languages that we hadn't expected. So there was a real need there. But the interesting thing is we've seen more and more professionals access that learning content. And as a result, we've created a, a whole number of short courses and, and making that material accessible to professionals today because the same need is now not just in the younger generations, but actually in our professional customers as well. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. So the software, the Autodesk software, in a sense, embodies or includes sustainability modules does it in some way, whether they're explicitly modules or integrated within the software. But would you say that in recent years, some some of the, the, the software incorporates these kind of ideas explicitly and will tie them into design issues? Yes, absolutely. You know, we have been very deliberate in our strategy not to have a separate suite of, quote, sustainability design tools, you know, or special sustainability buttons, if you will, but rather to embed this thinking into all of our core products for customers. And when you you boil it down, it's really about energy and materials and helping customers 
increase the energy and materials productivity, right? So how much do they get per unit of energy or per unit of material? And this translates directly into dollar savings for our customers and for their customers. And so throughout the technology, they are able to optimize or get insights into decisions that impact the energy of a particular design and also the material implications for that design. So, you know, and that's across our building and our manufacturing technology where we have that capability. And we also have work to do in terms of really helping customers understand everything that happens on the manufacturing floor or across the supply chain. So, you know, there, it's a it's a path that we're on. Absolutely. I guess of growing interest and it's very dynamic. That I, I suppose it's good because it under different names, but the design for good. Can you talk a little bit about how important design, the role design you think plays in sustainability or its growing role today? That is the sweet spot for us. And, you know, I think, frankly, that is where my peers in other corporations are envious in that, the design, early design has such a tremendous impact on the, or on the full life of a particular product or building. And so, you know, when you're designing a building, the opportunity early on to understand how the shape of a building or the rotation of a building on a particular lot can have a dramatic influence on the actual energy footprint of that building. And that's long before you get to issues of windows and lighting and some of the other areas that people sometimes focus a bit too much on, but really the upstream decisions that happen that influence whatever is being designed and made. And so, you know, it gives us a really unique vantage point, frankly, to address challenges like climate change, which is, you know, what we are very focused on by, by using the design process, but also the making and manufacturing or construction process as well. Can you talk about some of the, the initiatives in this area that you support? Yeah. So, you know, in terms of some of our large customers, you know, we are, partnering with something called Architecture 2030. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but this is Ed Masria. And a number of our customers have committed to have a net zero building portfolio by 2030. And they, we are now working with a number of these customers. HOK, for example, we've got a new case study on, on our website about HOK and the extent to which they are using our energy modeling software to optimize the design of buildings so that they are able to achieve their net zero commitment by 2030. So that's around the corner. And we are seeing this trend of net zero buildings across many of our customers in the architecture space. And that's been really exciting to support this movement that is, again, global, not a U.S. movement necessarily. You know, we're also working with uh, some, I don't know if I'd say unlikely customers, but perhaps like the Defar Department of Defense, who is looking at how can they optimize the energy efficiency of their 
existing building stock, right? And the Department of Defense is working in all different contexts around the world. So, you know, this is front and center climate change for them. And so we worked with them using something called rapid energy modeling technology, which is a workflow that enables our customers to quickly create 3D models of existing buildings, do some basic energy analysis, and understand where the renovation and retrofit opportunities are across a portfolio of buildings. So that's really exciting to think about not just new construction, but also existing building stock, which of course has a really tremendous impact in terms of energy and greenhouse gas emissions. Another customer that is interesting is Airbus. And they used some of our generative design and additive manufacturing technologies to design a component for the aircraft that is incredibly lighter, yet much stronger structurally for their planes. And that has tremendous savings and impact from a sustainability perspective when you talk about lightweighting airplanes. And so that's the kind of the range of different types of customers that we get to work with, in addition to foundation and entrepreneur customers, which I'm happy to speak to as well. BSR is a global non-profit that works with its network of more than 250 member companies and other partners to build a just and sustainable world. BSR believes this can best be achieved when the unique skills and resources of all sectors, business, civil society and government are aligned. BSR celebrates its 25th anniversary this year. Its annual conference in October 2017 will explore how business leads. Find out more at bsr.org. Yes, yes, that'd be interesting because I do podcast with uh, social entrepreneurs as well. And I spend a lot of time talking to very inspiring social entrepreneurs active around the world and in sanitation, in education, doing amazing things. And, and can you talk a little bit about where your focus is there from the foundation, the kinds of organizations you support and initiatives? Yeah, I, I would encourage you and, and certainly the listeners to go to autodesk.org, which is our foundation website. And on that site, we profile the many different entrepreneurs that we are actively working with. So lots of information there about the incredible work these customers are doing. But just to highlight a few, we have a number of customers in Africa, partly because there's some incredible work that's happening there and, and just getting started, frankly, whether it's manufacturing space and 3D printing through to architecture. One of our very earliest customers is an organization called Mass Design, and they design hospitals and buildings in rural contexts using local materials and labor and whatnot. You're familiar with them. Well, they, they've also just launched an initiative called the Africa Design Center, ADC. And what they've realized is that there are more architects in the country of Italy than the entire continent of Africa. And yet, one in five people on the planet will be living in Africa in a matter of, of decades. So there's an incredible opportunity to build local knowledge around design and manufacturing. And so we have been partnering with the Africa Design Center as well. And in fact, we just sent a team of Autodesk volunteers to Rwanda 
to work with this Africa Design Center and, and the fellows that they have pulled from all over the continent to think about design and engineering in the African context. So that's, that's really an exciting customer. And they have been moving from, you know, traditional use of AutoCAD. And what we're trying to do is really get them to use 3D modeling and Revit and building information modeling to understand and optimize the designs even further. So there's lots of examples like that where we're working with architecture customers. I guess I'll mention one more before I shift is is Build Change. They are working on post-disaster reconstruction efforts. And Nepal has been a big priority for them after the earthquake that hit Nepal probably two years ago at this point. We also sent a team of Autodeskers to Nepal to help them design and rebuild some of the areas hardest hit by earthquakes. They're doing some really interesting work using drones to survey landscapes and be able to prioritize where the biggest opportunity is for rebuilding. So that's, that's two examples that fit into the architecture side. Other fronts, you know, we are just now starting to partner with an organization called Prime Coalition, actually make an investment there. And they are a different kind of organization, a, that is facilitating investments across different philanthropic organizations private foundations, corporate foundations, donor advised funds to collectively invest in early stage for-profit companies that are focused on climate change and in particular reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So on the mitigation side, and this is a new investment for us into a portfolio, if you will, of organizations that are companies that are making strides here. So I could go on and on with the incredible partners that we get to work with. You know, I would say, though, and maybe this came through, we do make financial investments in these companies, but I think the broader benefit that they get from Autodesk, which they tell us is invaluable, is the people, expertise that they get access to, whether it's internally, our employees going there, or it's the connections that we make with our customer base and these portfolio companies. And that has often been game-changing for them, quite frankly, to really work side-by-side with us on their design challenges. And of course, we benefit because we understand what the different customer demands in a place like Africa or India or uh, you name it, is in terms of evolving our product strategy to meet emerging needs of the customer base. Yes, absolutely. And it sounds like you have these volunteer programs, you talk about volunteers going to work on these different projects. Presumably, this is really important to engage employees at Autodesk as well. I don't know what the age profile, but I presume you've got some of the younger, more millennials involved in designing softwares and so forth. How much does that matter, being involved in a company that has these values? How much does it matter from a recruiting perspective? From Yes, from every perspective, from the perspective of productivity, engagement, corporate culture, and, and, and presumably accessing talent too. We hear it matters a lot, is the short answer. You know, our CEO uh, has said that 
there has never been an issue that he's seen engage more employees than this topic of sustainability. And that was a number of years ago. We initially included a question in our annual employee survey asking to what extent this work on sustainability and and helping customers create a better world makes employees proud to work here. Don't remember the exact wording of the question. And, you know, the response was always so high, 70% or higher, that we stopped asking the question because we know that answer. And I will say anecdotally, I hear from employees every day that, and certainly interns, we are, we are flooded with just super diverse and talented interns every summer. It makes me really, really proud. But people who come to Autodesk and say, I joined this company or I sought out this position because of the company's commitment to think about the role that we have influencing a truly better world, not just making more stuff on the planet. And so that uh, is absolutely something that is so important to especially the next generation of employees, but even many folks uh, coming in at different levels of the company voice their enthusiasm for this work. And that's super exciting. I think that's not unique only to Autodesk, I think we're seeing that much more broadly with the next generation. Yes, absolutely. I think it's a recurring theme. Now, you mentioned investors take a hard-nosed approach to these to questions like this. I get the impression you, you were suggesting that the very positive support from investors. Can you talk a little bit about that? How does it fit into financial performance? How deep is their commitment or their support for your sustainability initiatives? How would you characterize it? I would characterize it as deepening. So we have been producing sustainability reports for almost 10 years. And the primary audience for those reports is investors and analysts. They use that information to um, rate and rank uh, companies, whether it's Dow Jones Sustainability Index or CDP, the Carbon Disclosure Project, which has been really successful of late and a whole number of other ones. And then they frame up that information for an investor audience. You know, I think what you're seeing happening more and more is that this topic, sustainability, and I would say even more climate change, is moving into a mainstream investor conversation. We certainly speak with investors about it. But just the idea that I mentioned earlier we are now reporting on climate as a material issue to our shareholders in our annual 10K. That's a shift. I, I expect many, many more companies will be doing that in the next few years because, you know, what we are already seeing with climate change, you know, whether it's the obvious rising sea level or it's the disruption to supply chains or food or so many different natural systems that business relies on, you will see more and more investors caring deeply about how a company is preparing for these risks uh, that will hit their business and or preparing to capitalize on the impact of climate change in a really positive way. So, the conversation has really moved from the idea of companies being responsible for different 
sustainability issues to how are you preparing for this very real uh, disruption, if you will, to the way that we've done business to date. And that's that's been a fun conversation to be a part of. Right. That's very interesting. It's very interesting. Now, what about the challenges? Some of the sustainability initiatives that companies engage in are clearly win-win. Some of them are, are, are pretty straightforward to put in place and are actually, you know, clear, can be quantifiable benefits. Others are more challenging, I guess, and you can't optimize everything. There have to be trade-offs, I suppose, some situations. You talk about what is challenging, what, what you find the most challenging aspect of sustainability. Hmm. You know, I think the greatest obstacles is the complexity of the systems in which our customers are working. So a one of our customers might have a real interest in designing low carbon net zero buildings, but they need to make sure they need to get their customers on board with requesting a net zero building, right? So there's a whole chain of, of people involved here, each of which has different incentives. And then there's the added challenge, Fergal, of, you know, if a building, you do an energy analysis and you find out that if you make these changes, the building will perform that much better over the life of the building. But it's really difficult then to prove that to be the case because you have to monitor the building over X period of time to see if in fact you get those savings and to see how the building was run and operated and whether that was optimized and whether the occupants of the building have the same incentive as the owner of the building as the architecture and engineering team. And so there, you know, none of these solutions are quick or easy or isolated. And I think that's the part that gets really interesting. Now, I will say, you know, the, the, the world, if you will, or certainly the tech world here in, in Silicon Valley is talking about AI and machine learning. And this is really exciting to us because we will have so much, we do have, and we'll increasingly have so much better data at our fingertips, fingertips to actually optimize some of these decisions that are truly systemic and, and system-wide optimizations rather than just optimizing, you know, the energy performance of a particular floor of a particular building. And so, you know, I would say that's where the whole industry has work to do in terms of, you know, this is where the complexity lies and the opportunity and where we are focused in terms of how do we, how do we help our customers overcome some of these obstacles? Yes. Yes, I think there's a, I certainly see that in the people I speak to as well. There's working on many, many levels, but as well as the individuals working in social innovation, there's looking at this at a broader level and questions of systemic change, which I think are increasingly important and getting attention, important work. What next for Autodesk sustainability, the sustainability within the company and the foundation? Just looking forward, Linnell, what are your priorities? We are fully focused on on climate change and looking at how can we as a company 
best support our customers in their, frankly, need to design a low carbon economy. And so, you know, when we look out into the future, say 2050, there will be 10 billion people on the planet. It's a very significant increase from seven and a half today. Most of these people, 75% of them, will live in an urban environment, and many of those cities have yet to be built. So a huge movement to urban areas, coupled with the population increase. About half of these people, so 5 billion, will be in what's considered the global middle class. So expectations of cars and computers and dishwashers and all the luxury goods that we enjoy today. And of course, powering these lifestyles is going to take twice as much energy. And we know now that we can't continue to use fossil fuel-based energy for that. And so when you look at that as a whole, 10 billion people on the planet with very different, you know, with a movement to urban cities and and global middle class increasing dramatically, this is really the design opportunity of a lifetime and quite frankly, a business opportunity too. And so we are working to help customers broadly think about, understand, and seize this opportunity to actually design a future where more people can prosper and thrive, but also doing so within the limits of the planet, right? So rather than this seeming like a doom and gloom scenario, actually seeing the huge optimism and and power in what we have the opportunity to design. And and maybe with that, uh, I'll just add one other point because a new, actually not new, but one of our partners is Project Drawdown. This is Paul Hawkins' work that you may have heard of. And we have been partnering with him since the early days on this project. But what this this book and this project is about is the solutions to climate change that we already know about. These are proven solutions. They're not hypothetical what-if scenarios, but proven technology that's available today. And if we are able to scale these and bring them to scale, the impact that we can have on not only managing, reducing the carbon in in the atmosphere, but actually beginning to draw it down. So we go backward and draw out carbon from the atmosphere. And that frankly is super exciting for us. And, you know, we are really straddling and, and bridging this gap between the efforts like Project Drawdown and many of our partnerships with similar like-minded, progressive, forward-thinking organizations and helping our customers manage and move across to really thinking about how the future of making things is going to change in a low-carbon economy going forward. And that is what is most exciting about the work that we're doing. And certainly we have lots of work ahead of us on that journey. Fascinating, Linnell. It's a great vision. And I wish you the very best of success with that. There's so much more we could talk about. We didn't talk about Internet of Things, many, many things connected to design and the great work that you do. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. And thank you so much for sharing your insights and the work that you do. Thank you so much, Virgil. Thank you for listening to the Sustainability Agenda podcast. I hope you found it interesting. 
Please sign up at the sustainabilityagenda.com website or on iTunes to make sure you don't miss any future episodes.